first uh our first non-twitter or should i say x stream here live on linkedin and twitter to talk about uh uh the lumber word so back by popular demand uh matt and gregor here so welcome to the lumber word from the lumber channel greg riley sick usa matt beamer hampton lumber sales uh ashley buckle of the lumber channel of the lumber channel of the lumber <laughs> channel as we uh if you're new to this uh we talk about different trends going on in lumber and like i said in the description whether you're a rookie buyer or seller or whether you're 95 years old and have been trading your whole life i think everybody gets pretty good information and um you know we're not here trying to tell you what to do. You can make your own recommendations and take what you want out of it. But um, but if you, know, you want us, we'll tell you what to do. But I've had a lot of people tell me how this has been valuable to them and how they've actually turned this into making a lot of money. Now, when I've asked them if they're willing to pay for it, those same people, they said they were not. So that is exactly how our <laughs> sums up sums up our lumber industry. So we're going to come up with a way. To, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you mean like everybody everybody doesn't think that the other people in the channel deserve to make money but <clears> when they're losing money it's the other people in the channel's fault because exactly. they're effing them okay exactly yeah. um i just want to let you, i just want to say you know ashley when you first started and you wanted to do this you know i was very selfish in the reason why i said yes and the reason why i said yes was that i felt like, I mean, besides that, you know, I can talk about lumber, like, you know, in my sleep all day, 24 seven, which sometimes drives my wife crazy. But, um, you know, the, the ability to talk it, talk it out with, you know, your buds and, you know, share some different ideas helps me understand the market and what I'm doing in the market better, if that makes any sense. But what yeah. have you just did there? I love that. I'm not sure what I just did. Uh, so somehow it's chat. People can chat on here, but I can't re re reply to them. It's something I got to figure out here in the in the future. Um, so hey, let's go right into uh, to Matt. To Matt, you were at a big event last week, two weeks ago. Uh, the week of the like tenth. So two weeks ago, so, week and a half so, ago. I like going to those. Tell me what, what it was and what your feedback was and how you felt. What was the mentality of the market when you were out there? So we're talking about the Inland Lumber Producers Annual yeah. meeting. Junk it. What Junk they it. call their annual annual meeting, it. but it's really uh, it's really <laughs> a golf and giggle with uh, with some networking opportunities, right? It's really it's it's something I've gone to for a long time and I always enjoy it. Uh, it's in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. It's a beautiful part of the country. If you've never been there, you should go. It's really pretty this time of year. But uh, I would say this year, everybody was happy. So it didn't matter if you were the customer or the producer or anyone in between. Um, all the people that were attending seemed to be in good spirits. There was a lot of a lot of people there. Uh, there was more people than normal. Um, I think somebody said that it was like the biggest attendance they'd had in quite some time. So. So a lot of happy people. The weather was great and the golf was fun and the networking was really fun and just a very pleasant and happy three or four days there in Northern Idaho. And, you know, as opposed to some years where like in 2018, there was a lot of people that weren't very happy, you know, or even last year when we were going from 1700 down to 400, um, there were, 
there were some people that were stressed out a little bit. But this year just seemed to be a pretty generally stress-free environment and very pleasant. Right on, Matt. Um, so would you say, Matt, that, you know, I, I know there's a real good mix of like producer, distribution, and end user. Um, yeah. Was, would you say everybody was happy? Were they happy and bullish that things are going to get better? Happy just to be out in Coeur d'Alene? Um, I think generally what I meant by that is that people just are, they, they, they all kind of, as we talked about for, for quite a while uh, since March, figured there would be a rally at some point in the market. Well, that rally finally materialized and, and then we all go away to Idaho to see each other, you know, after, after being proven right. So I think they're happy that, that what they thought came true and, and the people that make the lumber are making a little bit more money. There's actually a bit of a margin in producing lumber right now at these prices. And the people that trade lumber have been able to make a little bit of money because their, their price, their sales prices have gone up and their flow material got better. Um, and the end users are happy because, you know, they're still making a margin on, on a higher dollar piece of lumber, right? So if 20% of 600 is better than 20% of 500. Yeah. And, um, but I also got the impression that there was a lot of, uh, like you, we, we've always talked about when everybody gets on the same side of the tracks, maybe it's time to switch sides. And so, you know, one of my things when I came back was I hit the ground running on Monday last week you know, just selling. And it's not that I think that the market's bad. It's just that when people get complacent, either on the downside or on the upside, you gotta, you gotta make sure you, you yourself don't get complacent, right? You got, you got a business to run. You got to manage your inventory. You gotta, you know, like, like Ryan Miller always said, feed the ducks when they're quacking. Well, if you wait too long, you might not get those sales opportunities. And so I came back after that trip wanting to sell and I've continued to sell well since then and i and i know that the mills aren't selling as much product today as they were two weeks ago and you know that's fine we're having a normal summertime adjustment that's the, just the way it goes yeah i mean it seems like we're in a you know and we're in a we're in a secondary correction at this point and the question's going to be is over the next you know week or 10 days um do the mills need to join in that and how well does how well does all the wood clean up? Um, you know, I, yeah, yeah. I think that's my 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 bigger question is, you know, how much how much of a secondary correction and is that going to be enough to, um, you know, pull the mills where they have to get they have to get more aggressive? We've seen price cuts in uh, in eastern Canada, you know, of the asking 10 to $20 lower, taking 40 or $50 lower. Um, you know, I, you know, I can say from, from, from our sales, you know, there's some items that we're, you know, we're taking, you know, 10 to $20 less than we might've sold a week, a week, a week ago at, um, you know, there's other items that we're still trying to find where the new market is on those items. And unfortunately I feel it's, you know, lower than I want it to be, but, but, but I'm not really, I don't know that I can say that I'm bearish. I, I'm not bullish on prices right now, that's for sure. But I don't know how bearish I want to be. 
Yeah, it's a good point, Greg. I mean, and look, look at, I mean, as you point out, the volume and the open interest in the CME is low relative to where it was before. So it's an interesting, it's an interesting benchmark number to watch when it goes a big premium. Cash is probably going up when it goes a big discount. Maybe that's a signal to, you know, back off of buying or to sell something. And we saw a pretty big sw swing in the CME in the last week and a half. I mean, we went. It means down. It sounds. It sounds sixty dollars. Down sixty dollars a thousand. Yeah. So big premium so to be went from being you know like a, a modest premium as cash moved higher to a modest discount. Yeah, Matt, where is where can, where can we say cash is today at the mills? Is it since midweek didn't print print well, down at all? Let's let's back up one second because I kind of wanted to address something you said yeah, yeah. a minute ago, and Greg alluded to where he's he's talking about he's not so sure how negative he wants to get. And I think that you kind of got to divide the market up into the stud market and the dimension market. And they're two different things right now. I think the stud market is a little softer than the dimension market. Um, you know, it was the first thing to rally and it went up faster and higher than dimension did. I think there's less dimension around also that's, that's in jeopardy, right? Whether you want to call it mill production or European lumber laying around in ports or inventory that I control or anyone else that distributes lumber controls, wholesalers, secondary lumber. I just don't think there's a ton of dimension lumber just laying around waiting to get sold. But I do think there's more studs available now than there was a month ago. And so that's, I, I segment those two apart. So talking about dimension and futures, uh, we went from a big premium to a discount. The volume shot up yesterday and the day before. We did like over 700 trades yesterday. That just tells you the industry sees a value at you know 520 or below. Well, but, and, but uh, if you were short, you're covering your shorts now, right? And if you were, if you were long, you know, well, you should have got out, taking your profit. But if you're looking at entering back into the market today, well, it allows me as a trader to go out and take some September $520 lumber and convert it into some sales. That's a heck of an offer, right? I mean, that's better than I can buy anything in the cash market right now. So <clears throat> I'm not negative on futures. I think it's just doing what it should be doing. It led us up and it's led, leading us back down to reality. It's is an overcorrection on both sides. Yeah, good good point. Inventory in the so let's 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 take these before we get into starts and earnings. Let's just talk a little bit, stay with this theme. Inventory in the field right now. I think uh overall some of the big bigger consolidating companies as greg says matt you and i've talked about it are kind of letting some of the accountants by the or tell them when they can pull the trigger on stuff which means they're keeping less wood in the ground and yeah. and i think it's it's noticeable in daily sales um it's noticeable when you look at rfqs uh that you know you sometimes get surprised like oh i didn't think i was going to get that order but there's a lot less inventory on the ground and and that's good right. for distribution right and it has been good for distribution um I, I haven't seen that changing greg matt have you seen that changing at all it looks to be you know still the there's no there, there doesn't seem to be the the group of people keeping 90 days in 90 day inventory it's a lot more expensive to do that right so if you're gonna 
I guess maybe if uh, the big builders came to him and said, hey, we're going to have a massive increase in starts in the fall and winter, you guys should probably bulk up your inventory. That might change their thought process. But I haven't heard any of that scuttlebutt. Yeah. So, you know, business as usual for them. Why spend all that interest money on on keeping 90-day inventory when they're, they're able to buy what they need for the most part from us, you know, from the mills, from reloads, from ports, from wholesalers and get it in a timely fashion. This has been a pretty orderly year. You know, we've, we've talked about how lumber has been normal. This actually, this year reminds me of 2000. You guys remember 2000? It's about when I first started talking to you, Ashley. Yeah. um, Remember the summer of 2000, we had a July rally and then it fizzled out and, but then we had a pretty good fall. That's a good point. So, I, I've got you, you. No two markets are the same, but we don't get a lot of summer rallies, right? No, no yeah, doubt. I mean, if I think of the seasonal, you know, I mean, I, you know, I generally think, hey, typically, you know, the market is, you know, corrects and is lower after, you know, after a, a run up in the first quarter in anticipation of spring building season, then you get into the second quarter. Um, second highest production quarter of the year, like, you know, jobs are slow, guys have inventory, there's a correction. And then sometime in June, in front of summer shutdowns and 4th of July, you get a rally into mid-July, then you kind of have this, where we are right now, you have a correction. The kind of normally, you know, we should get another bounce somewhere in the next two to three weeks into, you know, Labor Day. And then, you know, and then the season, the seasonal low for lumber, seven out of 10 years is the third week in October, right? For, for spruce. For spruce. This is yeah. all, all I talk about is spruce, Ashley. I'm, no, I got you. I, I am spruce centric. I don't understand any of the other species. I, you know, <laughs> I don't know anything about them other than they all take a nail. Well, so um, let's, let's, let's ask the following question then. Uh, everything always uh, circles around supply and demand, right? And everything's trying to find that continuity that everything's trying, the market's always trying to decide whether supply and demand are in check. Our market's our, always trying to find equilibrium, right? The market is always yeah. trying to find equilibrium and, you know, product, supply, production, demand, end use consumption, you know, where those lines are crossing. And as a guy that used to work for us used to say, in that, there's also the ebb and flow of inventory accumulation distribution. And so, you know, I mean, if 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 demand is way higher than the current supply, then prices shoot up until and until supply can catch up with it, and vice versa, in the context of that inventory accumulation distribution. You know, you want to see the most massive inventory accumulation. You look at what happened in the first part of 2022 when we ran up to $1,700 or 2021 when we ran up to $1,700, right? Supply was trying to catch up with demand at the same time that everybody was trying to get uh, 120 days worth of inventory. Right. Right. So are we, are we, are we, where, if I'm in the back seat of the car right now, it's saying, are we there yet? Are, are we there? In supply? Never, no, you're yeah. never there. You're, you're always, never there you're because it's constantly it. changing. It's, you know, as soon as supply catches up with demand, then, you know, what's demand going to do? And maybe this is a great way to segue into, let's talk about the housing stats and, 
and what the outlook right. for is for housing. And then um, I'm going to suggest that we get, you know, some sort of production guru on next week so we can uh, spitball about that. Right on, right on. Great, great point. Uh, so we talked a little bit about Spruce. Um, you and I had a conversation, Greg, today about Euro. And I think uh, what we're seeing is certainly relative to the few months ago, a lot less Euro coming in, a lot less sitting on the docks. And uh, I, I think it's going to be like that going forward. Does that make sense? Until it changes. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess the most surprising thing for me is still some of the disconnects that there are, you know, in pricing. Yeah. Um, and <clears throat> I mean, you know, the one thing is, you know, you look for price transparency, but man, it can just be all over the board with Euro with, you know, I mean, there's. It, it, what do you mean, Greg? So the map, we're, I, I just, by, what, I, what I mean is, is that on any given item, on any given day, out of any given port, I think there can be a forty or fifty dollar difference between what one jockey is willing to flip for versus quote unquote what the market is. And how much lumber do you think is in ports right now that's old and moldy still? You know, I mean, it's it's. it's doesn't matter. It doesn't, matter. About doesn't that? matter what I think because any any guess that I would give you would be meaningless because it's it's like I have no there's no way. To, I had some no guy ask me about that. Dude. I sold him some euro. Ken is is full of shit. I, I think I think yeah. we worked through it. I, Matt. I just I'm surprised. Yeah, I would imagine that here we're almost in August. Like, why would you have that laying around still? If if it's I, mean, still, I, I, so I, I was surprised to get that, is, the question. I have wood. And, unloaded on july 11th that i'm like i want to get sold this week so i can get a ship before i get an astronomical storage bill on uh august 11th sure yeah well that's that's your job right you you manage inventory hey, matt, matt just to answer your to answer your question matt on the older wood i think what what yeah. happened is you know there was so much on the docks for instance i know when greg was down at one of the docks three or four months ago greg how many 10,000 trucks in the ground. I think yep. as 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 yep. mills move their <laughs> the forklifts move back against the shit that was put on the ground 4 or 5 months before and who knows how old it was some of it when it got loaded on a vessel in Europe, right? Some of it may have been sitting over there. But I yeah. think most of that got worked through and I think people talking about it now are probably I think it's probably still a concern for some people that got wood a month ago or two months ago from that stuff. But I know as Greg said, he, we've been working to make sure all the stuff that we have is shipped. I think it's these big, big <coughs> users that brought in a ton of it, put it on the ground and it had to work its way through, but we haven't had really any issues with it at all. I would say uh, the moral of that story is if you're an inventory manager and I'm speaking from experience here, raise my hand, uh, Turn your wood, right? Not only do you want to turn your wood, you want to um, go look at it once in a while. The other thing I would say <laughs> to buyers get on an airplane. Is, is it, the one thing I would say to buyers is that if you know they have four guys quoting um, five hundred and fifty dollars on an item, and there's one guy in, 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 like in the four hundreds, that's a that's a red flag that there may be an issue. Right. Right. That's Just a good saying, point. 
they should probably tell you the issue up front and then price That's it. A, but, uh, you know. Hey, so uh, one, here's another issue I want to talk about. Second half prospects. And, Matt, this is one you brought up. Prospects for builders on new construction. One, one thing I'm noticing, and Greg, Matt, you both talked to multifamily people. And this is not uncommon, but it seems this week talking to multifamily people, the same thing came up. Ah, my jobs got delayed that we're supposed to start. Right. And, um, you know, a couple of them are calling me asking me if I could help them sell some of their lumber that they're now getting delayed for two or three months. Right. Now, is that anything, Greg, bad or anything uncommon? Do you notice anything different or is that just par for the course that it is? It's, it's, it's like this all the time. It's, it's like that all the time. I, yeah, I think that's pretty much the definition of, of how multifamily gets done. Yeah. A lot of delays. Yeah. And then you um, know, the other thing that's par for the course is then uh, all of a sudden, you know, guys needing needing things because they didn't tell you that, you know, to ship them. Right. All of a sudden, hey, we're, we're out. We got guys standing around. Yeah. I go, well, I tried to ship this to you three weeks ago, and you said you didn't have room. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, there's there's always some logistical nightmares that go along with that stuff. But uh, yeah. to your point to the question, um, I think single-family new construction is probably pointing in the, in, the, in the right direction for the rest of the year. It feels that way because one of the problems with um, one of the – side effects of the higher interest rates and the slowdown in existing home sales is old inventory, right? So in the existing home segment, a lot of the, the homes that you see listed on, you know, the websites where they, they do that um, have been around for a while and they have flaws and they're overpriced for what they are. And all the good stuff's been bought up and it was bought up at, you know, three, two, two and three quarters to four and a quarter percent interest rates. And those guys aren't moving. They're not reselling those houses unless they're getting relocated. And if that house goes up for sale, it gets sold quickly. Right. right? But um, a lot of homes in the Portland market, I'm sure this is true in Chicago that are listed for sale, existing homes. They're just not that desirable for the price points that they're asking. That gives the Lennar Horton or toll brothers an opportunity to, you know, present a better deal to the, to the prospective buyer. And I, and I think that that, uh, that bodes well for us, right. In the lumber business for the rest of the year, I think they'll continue to make deals. And, um, if you look at Horton's earnings report today, they're, I think their volumes down, but their margins up. So, you know, good for them. They're doing something right. Yeah, no, no doubt. So permits were 1.44 starts or 1.434 housing completions, 1.468. So, I mean, it looks like our completion starts and permits are starting to get right in line with each other. Wasn't it 1.3 last year we were struggling around or 1.3 something to get, to get these completions done, Greg? Yeah. I mean, we talked about, you know, a year, year, year and a half ago, we, we talked about how for the longest time, I mean, completions were running so far below um, below starts. And, you know, that's when the starts numbers were still at like a million six. And we said, hey, this, that's going to resolve itself. And it, it has been resolving itself over the period of time. I will say, you know, there's still the pipeline. There's still a million six houses, um, homes in the pipeline being built. So we've got, you know, that the, the pipeline is is strong. Just to go, go back on, you know, the housing start numbers. I mean, I think, you know, Last year, 
the first half of the year, housing starts were higher and then they fell off in the back half of the year. This year, you know, through the first six months of the year, we're down 15 percent in housing starts versus a year ago. Um, you know, I'm going to I'm going to say that housing starts will be higher in the second half of the year than they've been in the first half of the year. You know, people say, Greg, how, how, how can you say that? All I have to do is look at home builder stocks at all time highs. And to Matt's point, D.R. Horton, yesterday Pulte came out with record earnings. Okay. Today, new home sales, new home sales are 23% above a year ago. You know, yes, housing statistics in home sales and home and and and, and housing starts in uh, for June that really were released in July are lower. And it's the first month we kind of had an adjustment, but those numbers had all been so positive for every month. It's kind of like the normal ebb and flow of things. So did you really believe that we were at 1.6 back in May when they announced that? I mean, you know, with, with it, you know, the, I didn't. The, the margin of error, the standard deviation on the housing numbers is like 10 or 12%. So by accident, right. you know, that stuff's going to get revised. Okay. So sure. with the industry, at, what is the industry attitude out there and where are we going to be 30 days from now? As far as, ooh, that's a good question, Ash. What for? What price? Uh, <clears throat> of lumber demand? What? 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 What are you asking? Yes. <laughs> Thirty days from I mean, now, into August. Hey, hey, hey. I, yeah. yeah, everybody has to come behind the paywall, Ashley, for that. <laughs> we're working. On, I, yeah, they have to subscribe I mean, to our newsletter. We're going to give that out. We're going behind a paywall. It's uh, we got a monthly. You know, our monthly subscription rate is uh, twenty five thousand dollars, and uh, it's a bargain at it's a bargain at twice that price. Hey, Matt, hey, Matt. Tyrone said that uh, you look better on the golf course than as a desk jockey. Hey, I'm sure I did. Well, did, yeah. uh, did you win this? Did you win yeah. it again, Matt? I mean, you win the thing every no, year. I wasn't even supposed to play, and. Um, and then they roped me into playing at the last minute because some guy got sick. I had to take his spot. Oh man! And we got hey, we, we got eliminated we on the second to last hole. Team. That's tough. But it was fun. I mean, it's always fun to to just see a lot of people over there. I had people just random people I'd never met before just walk up and go, "Hey, uh, I see you on your on your show with Ashley and Greg." And I was like, "Well, oh, nice to meet you." You know, <laughs> literally never met him before in my life, but it was I had that happen like three or four times. That was kind of funny. Hey, the, one of the, one of the um, important things is how did you hit on the par three floating floating green? I almost got a hole in one. It went right over the pin. Oh. I had a six foot putt for birdie, and I made it. I won a hundred bucks for that, buddy. That a boy. So, story. just just real quick, what would um uh they what what do you what do you want to buy? Spit it out. Spit it what, out. What, what do you want to buy? And what do you want to get rid of in this market? Oh man, um, yeah, you know, hey, if if the Europeans and, and, come with some good deals, I'm I'm listening. And what right? and what um, do you want to just date? What do you want to what do you want to buy? Get rid of and just just date. Well, a general observation, I would say, you want to continue to pay attention to two before lumber. Okay, two before is in demand, and maybe not pay as much attention to two to six lumber, whether that's two to six dimension or studs. It seems like the inquiry and the sales for two to four versus two to six is like four to yeah. one. So I'm not negative really on two to four lumber. I don't think there's enough of it around. 
there might be some more of it showing up here at Mills over the next 20, 30 days. Great. Make some deals. You know, that's that's my attitude towards the, the market right now. I'm skeptical on studs, at least in terms of holding their value. But I think the stud mills are already getting busy and making things happen. So if you're if you're at all inclined to speculate on studs, you might want to have some numbers in mind to make some offers. I don't think the market's going to go down as much people as people want it to. Um, between now and Labor Day, I think the market's going to hold itself together relatively well. Uh, we will give back some pricing, but it won't be as much as people think. And the market itself is very liquid right now and continues to be liquid. So, you know, if you don't like the answer some customers giving you today, call a different one. There's there's a lot of things going on right now. There's a lot of moving parts and and you don't need to just sit around and wait for something to happen. Things are happening. Whether you, you know, even in even on a quiet day in the lumber market, there's thousands of trucks of lumber that get it transacted, right? Yeah, Matt. I mean, I agree. I mean, I talked to you a couple times last week and this week, and you're like, you're moving volume still. I'm. I mean, I'm not as busy, but I'm making more phone calls and more emails, and things are happening. Yeah. So just stay with it. I, but I mean, my overall view of the market is not. It's it's based on my cash business, and and it's also kind of. I, I look at futures too. Futures is more just a signal, um, but but cash wise, there's there's orders out there. You just set the trap. Matt, I agree. I, I was going to jump to Greg, said, but I agree with you because Greg and I were talking this morning, and he said the exact same thing. He goes, "Futures is a good signal until there's like fifty thousand open interest in that. You really can just look at it as a signal. It gets over, it gets overvalued, it gets undervalued, and it kind of just shows you know the ebbs and flows of the market." And, and, and yeah. the thing is, is that, I mean, if you want to use it as a hedging tool, whether to forward by the market, as Matt was talking about, you know, 520, you know, 522 by fours for September. I mean, or where you, or are you going to sell it against something where there's a basis trade? Um, you know, that's the only, that's the only, that's the only thing to do with it. And which is, which is, I think, I think that, you know, the, the odd lot guys, you know, it's funny is they made this, this, you know, truckload quantity, uh, contract in order to, you know, I guess ostensibly make it more attractive to trade. Um, but that, you know, the reality is one and two lot traders shouldn't trade the money. I'll tell I'll do the same thing that uh, for our viewers, I'm going to make the same offer that I've offered to every rookie that's ever come and worked for me and said, Hey, I want to trade futures. I'm going, how much money do you have? Five grand. Okay. You give it to me. I will take the other side of every one of your trades. And when you've <laughs> lost all of that money, I'll give you half of it back. <laughs> I make that offer to anyone in the industry that cares to listen. I will make that offer. Tell me what you want to do. I will take the other side of every one of your trades. <laughs> because it's a fool's errand. Yeah. You know, honestly, if you look at the makeup of the market, the futures contract, the way it's written now, it's really attractive if you're a mill in Ontario, you know, or if, if you're a distributor in Chicago area or St. Louis or Memphis even. I mean, that wood will travel and you can use you can use that board as a as a device to sell your actual inventory, right? You can ship trucks if you want to. 
So it's a great tool for them and even allows the West Coast Hemlock Mills to ship the product. I'm not sure if anybody's figured that one out yet or not. I'd be I'd be surprised if you if you stayed in for delivery as Hampton and shipped a guy a whole bunch of two before Hemlock out of Tillamook, you might get some angry customers. But I mean, the contract says you can ship him for yeah. right. Well, and that's so the thing. It's and that's the thing you need, you need to watch. Um, you know what those price relationships are. I mean, at, you know, at the current market, that does it doesn't make sense for you to ship Hemlock right. against it. No, Hemlock is a premium, right? So, but to your um, to your to your point, Matt. I mean, in, in, in one of the things that I found interesting is if we think about what's happened this year, the January, March, and May contracts all expired really weak, really weak relative to the market, and the market subsequently had fifty, hundred dollar, seventy dollar rallies afterwards. This July contract actually expired kind of strong relative to the sure. market, and yep. you know now we're. We'll, we'll see what we'll see how much of an adjustment, how much of a sell off that we get. But um, I think that may be something that that's something that I'm starting to watch and see if it see how that plays out and whether that gives me any uh, any vision into what's going to happen in the future. Ashley's tan, man. You've been out doing yard work or did you go on vacation? Well, I went to the Cubs. I went up. to the Cubs game on uh, on on Saturday and uh, and got red. A little bit. Oh, wow. Well, also, Matt, I think what it is, it's my, uh, it's my lighting. How's that? Your camera. So, um, so are we back, boys? The Lumber Channel's back. Is that yeah, it? So the Lumber oh, Channel's uh, back. Yeah. Uh, we got it. We're so we're streaming on Twitter, which is now called X, and uh, and we're also I love that. We're also streaming on LinkedIn. I did not get the YouTube channel working. Half the people used to watch it on the YouTube channel, so I'll get better at getting this up to date and uh in working better but i think for for the first for the first stream and i did notice that a lot more people just started streaming in in the last 15 minutes so they'll be able to watch this video um and we can repost it on our linkedins but next week we'll have linkedin youtube and twitter rocking and hopefully yeah i just says i hate to i hate to do this just so we get up and running but i am out next week so if you uh You'll have to, you'll have have to get get a suitable fill in for me. Yeah, no worries. We'll fi we'll figure that out, Greg. Um, yeah. But we'll 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 uh we we'll just want to. But, keep but I promise nobody I'll be, that I'll can replace you. Of, Greg. I'm in the rest of August. Okay. Yeah, me too. All right. Well, good. Hi guys. Well, well, great, great good job today, everybody. Thanks for everybody showing up. Good seeing you guys, yeah, man. Have a uh, have a good yeah, one. Bye. Right on. Bye.